everybody, welcome back for the latest edition of Rugby League Back Chat. We had a week off, but we are back, all guns blazing, and two very special guests. We've got Wakefield's very own George King and his brother, of course, Warrington Centre, Toby King. Now, uh, I'm going to warn you, viewers, I don't think I'll have to say a lot during this show because Toby has given George grief all morning. <laughs> he had a bit of an issue with, with his battery, with, with, oh, with delayed we recording, but, but I've... I've and I felt it that George has tried to stay very calm, and uh, but he's going to unleash it all on his brother throughout this show. So I think I'm just going to hand over to these guys to do all the talking throughout this show. Toby, I'll let yeah. you get a word in first because uh, yeah, it's just... been an eventful morning, hasn't it? Yeah, well, we, we should have finished this about an hour ago, but we've had George turn up to a Skype interview <laughs> with 10% battery on his phone. So, yeah, as you can see, we're all, we're all ready to go now. and We've been waiting for George to charge his phone and then we can go again. George, would you like to uh, respond to these allegations? No comment. <laughs> and then we've not only had that problem, but the problem <laughs> took him about half an hour to, to sort his phone out and stand it up against the windowsill so we can see him. No just comment. Out to, this is, this, if anyone knows George, well, this is just a, an ordinary day, so it doesn't take him anymore. <laughs> well, it's all right. We're here now. We, uh, we, we can get up and running and talk about some rugby league. Because, fellas, it sounds like uh, we actually know when we're going to be starting now. It looks like... August, mid-August, mid start of August, you'll be back on a rugby field. George, I mean, it's, I spoke to you about a month ago and you were already a little bit fed up. Um, at least you know now when you're going to be able to play again. It must be relieving, quite exciting a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, there's a little bit of light in the tunnel. Um, you hear the news on... You obviously hear the news on telly regards starting sometime in August, but... Then you see it all opening up again, so we don't know if, even if we could be back earlier. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of them things where I don't think clubs know what, or in hindsight, what what they're doing, you know, in terms of when they come back playing. And, you know, so it's same with players, you know, we're not really kept in the loop as much, but it's only natural because as a whole, it's, it's just one of them things where we've just got to get on with it and it is what it is. Toby, uh, your brother's obviously moved out. He's he's got a little one to look after. Have you pre you know kept yourself occupied during all of this? Yeah, well, uh, luckily enough, we managed to go back to the gym just before all this lockdown started, and they managed to give us loads of weights and cardiovascular stuff. So I've been doing a lot of exercise outside in my in my garden, and then just plenty of bike rides, keep myself active. Uh, Looking at all these social distancing, you can still meet other people. So, yeah, I'm still managing to see my friends now with social distance. Went down to London for the day yesterday. That was pretty good. Uh, did a little bike tour uh, of the central London. All right. So, yeah, did all that. That was pretty, pretty a nice day out. So, yeah, it's like I say, it's, it's missing rugby, but um, at the same time, it's nice just to be around the family and that as well. Uh, be honest with me, boys, and I, I can all, I can all hold you to ransom here because you've already uh, revealed this. But what about the diets? Because... You were telling me that you had one of the most epic barbecues in the history of barbecues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, yeah, that one, not just um, one yesterday. We've probably been doing it every other week, haven't we? Well, not every week with, with, with yeah. weather, because the weather during lockdown has been fantastic. So it's just been nice having like a social, social distance barbecue and don't help that we're, we're surrounded by butchers left, right and centre. Mm. What, what was, what was on the menu then? Go on, Sorry, it was a G- GK's chicken. Yeah, we had, uh, had we had uh, some marinated chicken. We had some T-bone steak, ribeye steak. Um, I did some <laughs> I did some fish as well, slow cooked. Uh, 
Um, marinated in a nice bit of butter and a nice bit of parsley. Not too much spices with fish because you, you end up spoiling it. Um, and then it's a very good making my, own, making my own burgers. Right. Um, and then we had a variety of sauces as well. Yeah, you were telling me the wrong sauce. And a few condiments as well to go around the side. So it was yeah, lovely. Dude. I mean, we even, sh- bit, we even shared it around. Up, we even shared it around with neighbours and stuff like that, didn't we? So yeah, it was a bit of so, a yeah, party, so everyone was out. Yeah. Music were playing. It's been quite good, really, because yeah. I, I, I was street. Um, they've been having a DJ every other week, and it just happened that yesterday while we were doing barbecue, that DJ were out, and we just moved into a new house. So it was really nice to get to know neighbours as well. Perfect. And I feel a little bit deprived because when we have barbecues here, it's like chicken and chorizo kebab, sausage and burger, and that's all we get. Yeah. Get some tomato <laughs> sauce. Yeah, on a good day. We went down there, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's it with everything. Sorry. Fair play to it. Sounds like a sounds like a good old effort. That maybe you've redeemed yourself for the uh, lack of battery this morning. Let you off. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we'll let him off. The, of the the return to play. I'm sure you've seen bits and bats of, of what's being proposed now. Um, like I say, it looks like August, but there's talk of maybe playing to November, maybe December, maybe even January. Toby, what what are your what were your first impressions when when you heard about these different proposals that are in place? First of all, for me, I thought the January one was ridiculous. I'll be honest. I think the fact that they're not even consulted players as well, and I think this is why we. I don't know if you've noticed, all players have taken you know action to be wanting a seat at the table and making a sort of have a decision. Um, you know, we, we like to say we, to play over Christmas. I know, I know a lot of sports overdo it on Boxing Day and that, but I don't think you know it would not have been our schedule to drag out a season so long over into um, into January. Yeah, I just think it without without consulting the player playing over Christmas, I think it'd be soul destroying for everyone. Mm. George, were you on the same opinion? Black, uh, similar, very very similar. But I, I understand from a club's perspective that they need the crowd and they need the crowd there in there to get the revenue that they needed. So my aim is that if you if you if you dilute it a little bit, we'll probably get quality over quantity. I think it sounds daft to try and fit in all the regular. I think now just get away from loot fixtures because you speak to any players. No players don't like loot fixtures. And um, just dilute it so we play, I don't know, 10 to 15 games, not 20-odd. Not and, um, you know, really, really give it a good go and just, just make it like a fair fixture list. And, um, mm. you know, don't end up playing 30-odd games, three games in a week, space of a week, because we're just going to get injuries, you know, and, it, and it's going to put pl- uh, load on us, on us players. You know, but yeah. also on the hindsight as, as professional players, and if that is the case, then we're just going to have to get on with it, suck it up, and just deal with it. Yeah, I think sometimes but the problem is, boys. I, mean... mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, mm-hmm. sometimes we can end up playing Wigan like four or five times a year. I'm not sure if fans even want to see that in like a regular year. Like, they just want to see like the spectacle of a rare occasion we play against Wigan in a big derby. Yeah, I think that's why. Oh, like Toby's mentioned it, like last couple of weeks. There's been a lot of negativity, and I think during this this scheme, uh, sorry, not scheme. Uh, obviously, during this lockdown, you know, all I've seen is positive stuff. You know, rugby league needs to start taking limelight now and start start talking positive. Get everyone together. So I think having us players mm-hmm. with a union on the table, helping make decisions, is only beneficial. Look at NRL now; they're they're, they're booming now because the NRL mm-hmm. players have got to say we're taking the hits. You know, mm. so let, let, let us have a say and let us help. Let us all come together and be positive. 
Yeah, it's an interesting player. I think the big news last week was really the stand that you you guys made as a collective group. We've we've not seen players take a United from like that for for a long time. Not you know maybe not even while you guys have been playing. Certainly not to that level. Yeah. Um, do do you think in the look there was obviously the salary cap stuff last week. Do you guys, I'll start with you, Toby, do you feel like the action that you took did have an influence in the salary cap not being reduced in the end? Well, yeah, I, I definitely do. But then I read an article earlier this week saying that players have um, gone on to say that they're, they're willing to accept a 15% cut, but this this is definitely not being discussed with players in group chats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I'm now hearing that it wasn't a unanimous decision to get rid of the salary cap, so, but... I definitely think it's been heard and what's really positive is all the fans have got a lot of um, good comments about posting that on social media and the fans have all got our backs. You know, I think they want to see us have a seat at the table because they see how positive it is in the NRL. And I, I just think we're, we're sort of paying the consequences of not buying into that League 13 app with John Wilkin a long time yeah. ago and I think now if we can all sort of buy into this GMB union or we, we all want a positive say and we just want to improve the game and improve how it's run. George, you clear this up for me. So, with regards to cuts next year, don't think anyone's suggesting anything is agreed, nothing's even really been discussed with you guys as a group. Uh, have at this stage you been made aware that there may be some discussions to be had with the GMB and the, and, um, the clubs regarding potentially some cuts moving into next year? Only, only rumours. Um, from a GMB perspective is they're obviously fighting on our defence and um, speaking in line with clubs Um, but the key decisions obviously we we don't know we um, we haven't been kept in the loop as such Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just going through the application now to join the GMB Um, I've sent it off about a couple of weeks ago so Mm -hmm. um, so yeah so I'm not really kept in the loop as such you know I've I've just rejoined it again Um, so yeah so I can't really speak too much on that one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's quite really frustrating. Uh, you, you just see all the mm-hmm. time, like your players' wages are always talked about reducing. Like, and I think we're, we're in a sport where it's, you know, players aren't really getting as much money as you look at other sports. And for what they put, I think mm-hmm. we, we all put our bodies through and bashing our heads together. It's always talked about mm-hmm. recently of the reduction of wages. And I, and I think, um, if anything, we should be going up rather than down. I know this coronavirus is. Um, obviously going to make an effect on it. Mm-hmm. Toby, I don't want to put you in an awkward spot here, but I, and I'm going to try and not do the best I can, but one, one thing that's been said a lot on, uh, criticism from fans really about clubs who were saying, you know, they may have to level down on, on player salaries and stuff like that, but then they go and, they've gone and signed players. So it was a criticism aimed at Castleford because I think uh, John Wells had done a piece saying salaries may level down and they signed nine levels and fans were like, well, how's that right? And then obviously York or Warrington, I, I don't yeah. think the cuts have been as bad as they've been elsewhere. I think that's fair yeah. to say. But at the same time, you signed Greg Inglis. So it's like, yeah. is, is there that sort of mentality among, I know you can't speak for everyone, but is there that sort of mentality? Well, if we have to take pay cuts, how come all these signings are being made yeah. at clubs? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I think it would be an awkward discussion, you know, if um, Warrington asked asked me, me and all the players to take a pay cut when we've just gone and bought the best one of the best players in the world. You know, what I mean, it does sound a bit silly, and that's that's coming from my own club. So never mind, you know, John Wells at Castleford, um, like you say, Toronto, when they probably asked players to take cuts and they've signed Carl Watkins on how much his salary demands. 
Um, so you like like you say, I think you know clubs are in can't really be you know having bargaining power to take cuts when they've just when they're freely spending like the money on the next year. It'd be like so it'd be an awkward discussion to tell me um, you need to take a cut, but on the other hand, you signed a best centre in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, transfers and in demand, George King, your name's in the press this week. You're you're a wanted man, apparently. Can you can you tell us anything? Uh, all will be revealed soon. <laughs> revealed soon. <laughs> Very soon. Nothing. <laughs> Come on, yeah, can that, we read anything into that? That's a proper professional answer. That. No, I can't. I can't. I've been told not to, so I better keep it like that. It's only fair. Are we- I remember you. Uh, I remember the, the press absolutely loving you after the Challenge Cup final a few years ago because you you revealed then that you'd signed for Wakefield, didn't you? And all the press were like, brilliant. Never get that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good times. Oh, remember that. What's happening? Tell me what on on the on the Greg English thing. I mean, as you said, he, he's the world's best centre. You you are also a centre. Uh, are, you, are you surprised that he's picked Warrington to come to when, you know, he has to try and get a spot off you? <laughs> try to defend my spot against what at best centre doesn't work. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's one of them at the same time. I, I, at first, I thought, oh, it's gonna, it's, that's, that's my um, centre spot gone. But like I say, for, to have Greg Inglis come over, I suppose you can only look at it in a positive way, really. And, you know, if I can learn off anything off Greg Inglis, you know, it's only going to develop my game. But like I say, at the same time, I don't want to be losing my um, spot spot in the squad, so it's going to have to be a, a massive year to fight off Greg Inglis for 2021. No way that he could play on the over edge to you, move him across. <laughs> we'll tell Greg to move to the other side. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, <laughs> just um, like I say, I think to have someone like that come into the sport, I think it does the whole the whole of the Super League good. Um, you know the fans and the, just the announcement of Greg coming has been massive and it's made headline news. So yeah, yeah. I think signing the more signings we can do like this, and yeah, it's definitely better for the game. And I think even like oh, talking reducing the cap, it has stopped it has stopped these type of players coming over. And I think that's what fans want to see. They want to see uh, Greg Inglis playing for Warrington. So you know it's only beneficial for the game. That, that's what I don't get about reducing the cap. So what in hindsight have we have we got from making that? If we want to grow this game. And we, you know, in, increase the cap even more for me, or get rid, and let clubs mm. just spend what they can they can afford to spend. Just, I just, it, totally, yeah, I just yeah. totally don't get understand the concept. It, the the arguments concept. always oh. be. Well, I was going to say the, the, the arguments always been from from some clubs, and not all clubs. You know, there are clubs that agree with that view, but the argument has been that if you get rid of the cap, you'll just have the same two or three clubs dominating the competition every year. Of course, the counter to that is we've had 25 years of Super League and only four teams won a grand final. So, yeah. And the lowest the lowest spender in the competition last year <clears throat> made the grand final. So mm. you can argue it both ways, exactly. really. That's, I think I agree with somewhat what George said, but I think to have a, a cap is, is probably needing our sport, but just not definitely not lowered. If anything, it could be increased. But like you say, it seems like Salford, they didn't even spend up to the cap and yet they still made the, the grand final and they were top four or whatever they won. It just even if, if you look at football, like they don't have a cap, but you see like Man City's probably spent two hundred million more than other teams, and yet Leicester going to win the Premier League. Sometimes it's just about the culture you've got within a club, and not always spending the money works. Like, I think clubs are seeing that where they've where they've flashed money about everywhere, and they've probably done worse than what they thought. Yeah, well, Salford went through that spell, didn't they? They spent money under Kukash and brought in Kevin Locke yeah. and various other players, and they got 
they, they got worse, if anything, didn't exactly, they? Exactly, yeah. I think if your team's not all buying into the culture and, and um, into the goals of the team, then, yeah, you'll never go anywhere. Interesting. Well, look, we don't have uh, much time left in this first part of the show, so we'll wrap it up there. Come back in a few minutes for the second part of the show where we'll get more discussion from the King Brothers and talk all things rugby league. We will be right back. Welcome back to Rugby League Back Chat. And of course, back to our guests, George and Toby King. Fellas, I want to go back right to the start of your uh, playing careers. I'm not talking professionally. I'm talking right at the very, very start when, when you picked up a ball for the first time. Just sort of tell us how... I'll come to you first, Toby. How did you get into Rugby League in the first instance? Well, it all came from my dad, really, and I think George back us up on that. He he, he loved rugby league, and as my, my granddad, it was sort of in the family. Um, and he ended up setting up a, a team down in Meltham, and um, George was already part of the team. He's always a year above, but then I just sort of joined in with his year group, and then it all just stemmed from there, really, just playing for Meltham All Blacks in Huddersfield. And it was very, like, it's a very small village, and everyone sort of knew each other, and it was just, like, the best days of your life playing with your mates down on the Meltham Wreck. Wait, 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 I can't remember where Meltham played. I played for Elland and I remember going to Newsom and players like that, but I don't remember Meltham. Everyone seems to remember Yeah. <laughs> no one seems to remember going to Meltham, but it was, a, that's, it was a special year group that we had. We ended up getting to the Yorkshire finals and that. And I think a lot of the people were like, what on earth is Meltham? Like, they just think, oh, we're some jerk of a team. But then he ended up being in the Yorkshire finals, national finals, and we, we sort of had made a really good go of it. And a lot of uh, players from that team managed to make it onto um, onto new levels, like onto, into the game. So there were obviously you two. George, who else was of note in that team? Yeah, there, so um, there was a few championship players, weren't there? Were yeah, well. a few championship, but I ended up moving to Siddle as well. George so, was oh, trading it all. My group folded. My year group folded, and then I ended up having to move to Siddle. Um, so I ended up playing with the likes of Oliver Roberts, Jake Connor, players that are playing now, Joe Martin, a um, couple of us. So, yeah, so we had we had a really good team at Siddle as well, coached by Longy yeah. and Ian. So, yeah, real real good team and made friends for life, for certainly. So it's always good really no, going no, back yeah. up there. And... Go on. What about that? I was going to say, you had your... Um... As well as the championship players, that is, uh, you know, like Mikey Wood, Elliot Morris playing at Halifax. Yeah. Fraser yeah. over there. Yeah. So it, 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 it was quite a pretty special, um, special team. I was just going to mention Siddle. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm an Ellen boy, so and Ellen don't like Siddle. But when, when we played, they had an incredible sort of the team that I played against was Niall Evans and Adam O'Brien. Yeah. And they had some other great players. What What is it about Siddle that? that makes them as good as they are, George, because clearly they're doing something right down there. Uh, definitely. And you, you go to Siddle and they've got a real good setup from, you know, from, from the sevens all the way right up to open age. And in some year groups, they've got two to three teams as well. Uh, mm. You know, you, you could put Siddle on par with some of the academy teams in academy setups in Super League, you know, they're, they're that good. 
Um, I just think because they've got so many volunteers and so many hard-working people working there behind the scenes that they just managed to do really well. And they're in a good catchment area as well. You know, Halifax being a, you know, a really good um, bed for rugby league. So, so yeah, so in that hindsight, they're doing really well. And uh, so how did you end up at Warrington? Because the the club that generally, you know, Bradford were around at the time, really big, yeah. Huddersfield were, were around. How did you boys end up finding your way to Warrington? Well, um, well, mine happened to be um, is when Toby were already there. Um, I were at Huddersfield Scholarship, uh, sorry, Huddersfield Academy at the time, um, mm. and I wasn't really going anywhere. You know, I, I had a year where I was hit and miss, and Huddersfield wanted to keep me on again, one year in the academy. And I just, I just thought if I wanted to make a Super League player or go that extra step, that I needed to move on elsewhere. Um, Huddersfield at the time wanted a transfer fee what no club were willing to pay for a young kid that they've never seen play professional rugby before um, so so basically I had, I, I had no choice but to either quit the game or to, to wait it out and beg really to let, listen let me leave um, so they didn't didn't end they had to pay a small transfer fee um, but then Warrington took me on on a one year deal um, and I saw John Toby there one year in the academy you're sort of putting it uh, lightly there, but it was actually uh, probably a you know really special and defining part of George's career that last year at Huddersfield. I know a lot of players get to that sort of year where the contract ends at under 18s, and clubs can either keep you for a year, but then you hold ransom over you and you can't go to other clubs. Mm. So George was stuck with Huddersfield, but they didn't want him to go on to first team. They wanted to keep him for that year. Uh, yeah, so it, it was sort of, it was coming to an end, wasn't it? It's an awful rule. Um, it's it's still in, I think it's still in effect, really. And I think I'd love to see it abolished. Um, it's that rule where if you're under 23, you're still held accountable to that club, even if you're in contract. I think it's that, actually. Yeah. I think it's quite a disgusting rule, and you know it, it really affected me mentally as well. Um, for you know for a few months. So I think I think there's and I, and I, well I've heard as well and I've seen it. You know. A few kids stuck with that role, you know, where they're out of contract and they want to leave, but they can't. They're mm-hmm. stuck with that club. I think I think that needs to be looked at definitely and hopefully get rid of. Yeah, it, it, isn't it, it is an important point that because th- there is a theory that a lot of clubs will stockpile players, knowing that there's not really much chance of them progressing. But then exactly, when it's clear yeah. they can't progress and someone else wants to give them a gig, they never they yeah. won't let them move on without getting some money for it. It's not. No. It seems like, that it's, I, yeah, it's, it's wrong, isn't it? Like I, un- I understand the concept of why the rules in place is to um, stop other clubs poaching that player, but you can't hold accountable to that player till he's twenty-three years of age. You know what I mean? It's you know that player's got to make a livelihood of the game, hasn't he? So it's you know I, I'd, uh, I'd like, I'd like to do away with that like, with that rule. If it, if you sort of didn't get lucky in a way, you, his career would have been over at eighteen, nineteen. But it was only it was only because of like. Under circumstances, you probably can't say under camera that he managed to get out, get out of that, and you know, and he had to make a really big effort at Warrington to get to get there. And it's sort of that I've probably seen a lot of, you know, uh, players' careers ended just because of that rule. Yeah, so I've, yeah. I've got a big thanks to Warrington as well. They they, they helped me out massively, and um, you know, it was down to me and people around me to, you know, prove prove that I'm I'm capable of uh, staying here at that. You know, Warrington, great club, and you know they did help me out there financially as well. And you know, in the reward of getting me transfer feedback. Uh, you um, 
you also, when when you went to Warrington, you had some time in the Cairn Dolphin, you also played a little bit of Jewel Reg. I remember, in fact, George, I remember years back speaking to you about Jewel Reg, and you you were a bit uh, unsure of about how it was, whether it was the right thing. Um, looking back on it now, do, do you stick by that, that Jewel Reg maybe isn't the, the way to go? Oh, 100%. 100%. You ask You ask any... I don't... Well, I'll start with this one. I, I don't know one rugby league player what uh, doesn't like Joe Reg. You know, mm. no one like no one likes it at all. Everybody that signs to a club wants to be affiliated with that club. Um, I'm all for players going out on loan and, you know, getting experience for a season or a month or whatever it is. You know, I'm, I'm all for that. But Joe Reg, don't get me wrong, I, I, I've had to do it because... I had no choice or I had no game. So basically, I had to be selfish because I needed game time to better myself um, and play for my affiliated club at the time, which were Warrington. Um, so I had no choice but to go on to Jewel Reg with uh, Wales and Rochdale at the time. And I, don't get me wrong, I had great times there. But I ended up having to take somebody's match pay bonus, you know, and I had to take somebody else's spot, you know, and somebody's game game time. And it, it, just, it just wasn't a, a great concept at all. And... You know, I, I really prefer the reserves. I think the reserves is a great concept and long may it continue. It, here's the thing, though. The the, the rumour is that there won't be reserve grade next year. It's going to go back to 19s or, or 20s, potentially. Um, a lot of it financial um, because of, of everything that's going on at the minute. But, Toby, would that be a, a step back in your eyes? Yeah, definitely. Would that be then going back to Jewel Reg again? And also, they'll be sending players well, there. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, Jewel Reg is, is still in is still in operation uh, technically. You know, Feven Leeds still have that relationship, yeah. um, and there are others as well. But it doesn't seem as prominent as this year, given that you know a lot of yeah, clubs are, are putting the players in reserve grade. But it, you would you would imagine if they go back to nineteen twenties, it would there would be more players going on Jewel Reg, wouldn't you? So. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a step back because, you know, players sometimes don't develop until they're 20 years old, 21. And, you know, it's just basically just, you know, not giving them the chance to to, to get that step up through the Warrington system and, you know, make it into the first team. And I think we've paid the cost of, like, getting rid of reserves how many years back over the long term. And I think fans have seen it, you know, coaches understand it, how, how important it, it has been to have a reserve system over the, over the years. And I think we're paying the cost of it. Yeah. I mean, obviously... You Oh, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you see see a lot now with Championship League One teams that they rely so heavily now on Jewel Reg because of the players, obviously, the playing pool diluted. Um, I think that's a big factor of, of Jewel Reg, personally, and, and I'd do away with it. I'd have reserves back me and have, you know, a more big pool of youngsters playing, uh, you know, coming through the system again. And then, then the uh, talent pool increases rather than Jewel Reg for me. Yeah. You were you both obviously made your way into the first team though, um, and I mean Toby, you're obviously still there and, and playing regularly. What what was it like playing together for as big a club as Warrington, and with ultimately some you know some very 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 good players? George, I'll come to you first. Yeah, um, really enjoyed my time at Warrington. Um, I'm very lucky enough, obviously, to get to two grand finals and two Challenge Cup finals. Um, unfortunate, obviously, not to win one, but. That 16 season, especially, were were, were great. Um, you know, we we competed for three trophies, managed to win one of them with league leaders. Um, you know, you know, really have good memories and that 19 season as well. Um, 
you know, I really thought, you know, in that 19 season in that grand final, um, before it as well, we we're really going to go on and we we're going to go that extra step and win it. And you know, it's nick and tuck. And um, someone once said to me, um, can't remember who it was, um, said you've you've you, you get so many chances in a game, and it's a team what takes them most. And you know, we get on the day. You know, they did that and they ended up winning. Um, so yeah, but I, I really enjoyed my time at Warrington. Some great great people there at that club, and you know, who knows what the future holds. Mm. Toby, it yeah, must. It must. Go on. I was just going to say, like you say, on top of that, just playing alongside your brother, um, it was pretty, it's pretty special to do, and much prefer playing with him than against him. And I think it was really good for the family as well. Do you, you know, when you play each other now? Be honest, what's it like in the build-up? Are you giving each other grief? Do you keep away from each other? Do the family try and avoid you ball at both costs? How, how will it? How will a, a normal week in the King family be when, when you're getting ready to knock each other out for, for six, if you possibly can? Yeah, I, I think, um, like I say, I, it's sort of like the same as any ordinary week. It's only until you get to the game and then you see you see your brother on the opposite side warming up and that. And you actually, are, like, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of George and I want him to play well. So it's, so it's tough. You obviously, don't, you want to win the game, but... I want to win the game, but then I want George to have a decent game as well and um, for, for him to be injury-free and, and play well. But at the same time, if I have to run over the top of him, I'll, I will do that. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no chance. Are you in the same feeling, George, that you, you want him to play well or are you hoping he has a stinker and you can you can make his life miserable? Oh, I'm... <laughs> Total opposite. I wanted to have a stinker and have the worst game possible. <laughs> Definitely. But um, no, last year we played. Uh, it was a bit weird because it was the first time we played against each other in Super League. Um, that was a big one. But we've been used to it in the past. While I've been at Uddersfield Academy, it's been at Warrington. We've played against there each other several times. So we've always been we've always been used to it, and it's something we've become accustomed to now. And you know, we just, we just get on with it. We wish each other well. Have you had any funny exchanges when you... Oh, I can imagine. I was going to say, have you had any funny exchanges while you've been on opposite teams? Um, yeah. Because we, we never really come into contact with each other. We've been being forward to each other. But we've not, we've not really uh, ever given anything to each other. That's no. boring. That's I don't know. Boring. We're hoping there'll be a slight we're, punch. We're boring, yeah, we had one in um, Academy where... Um, George tried roughing me up on ground, but the ref just gave a penalty, so it ended up being like he cost his own team. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. The sound. <laughs> it, obviously, um, you you decided to move on, George, to to Wake. So, what were the what were the thinking behind that at the time? Um, I think I probably just wanted to got to a certain stage when I was at Warrington, where um, for me to take a gamble and move elsewhere and. You know, really take that next step. Um, I just felt like it was just the right time for me to move. I wanted to get a little bit more game time on the field and experience somewhere else. And it, like you say, you, when you when you're at a club, you you know you get to a certain time where you think it's time to leave. And you know, never say never. I'm, maybe one day might have the possibility of returning. Who knows? And um, but no, I had a really good time at, at Warrington and got to that stage where I knew I needed to leave. Talk me through what, right, this, this really interests me with forwards. Uh, whenever I speak to forwards, they talk about minutes and desperate for minutes. And, and it seems like it's the big 
the big focus for for many forwards is is that the case? You know, do you track how many minutes you play? And you think, oh, I'd like five more, and does it have a a role and an influence in, as you say, moving to another club, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, you, you get many types of forwards. You get some forwards what are obviously impact forwards, and you know the, and you get some obviously that your forwards what your starting middles what you know can play for for longer minutes and. You know, I, I like to see myself as a little bit in between, and you know, given the role, you know, I'll do that for the team at, at any chance. And I just, I got to that stage where I just felt like, you know, I could, I could really make an impact now into Super League. And you know, I took a gamble upon myself to to move to a club and really good club in Wakey and really, really give it a good go. And, you know, that gamble really, I were hit and miss that season. Um, sorry, last season. And, uh, I had some good games and some games where I want I were okay, but I really find my feet this season. I had a really good pre-season. I know I'm really hoping that I could hit the ground running. Unfortunate with injury, um, uh, just not to be. But I managed to play the last two games and hopefully with a bit more game time at the end of the season, I can uh, I can really improve. Well, in a few months' time, hopefully we'll see a little bit more of you. We're going to have a quick break here and then we'll see more of the King Brothers after this short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Don't forget, Backchat is available on Free Sports throughout the season on all of these platforms. And you can also catch up via the Free Sports player by registering for absolutely free. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Rugby League Backchat. Now, we are going to warn you, at any point, George may cut off because he's having some battery problems when he's on <laughs> as we speak Shocking. so if he's if his screen goes black <laughs> you know what's happened and we'll just we'll just roll on and, and do the rest of the show without him but we're all right at the minute right fellas here's here's a question everyone wants to know and I'm, I'm going to let you two debate this out between yourselves who's better <laughs> no question I think um could set a little poll up but no nah, I reckon it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because they're both different positions. I think if George, like you say, if we play the same positions, obviously they're me, but with George being the forward, it gets away with this question. So every, we, can, we can just sort of neutralise it and say George plays, is better in the forwards and better in the backs. But I think if you go out the all-round better player, then yeah, there's no question, really. Oh, we're going on rugby terms? I thought we were just going on, like, in general. No, rugby terms, it's 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 no brainer. The way toby has been playing this season, it's been um, unreal. It's been terrific. He's probably been one of probably one of better players this season. Um, oh, so much stuff he does. Is... I feel bad now. No, no, no. Don't worry, kid. Um, but yeah, some some stuff he does at, at centre, you know, with his with his offloads and his skill, is is free kicking, you know, and I can really see him going on and moving on at a new level, and you know, hopefully getting represented with honours. Toby, one thing I, I will give you, I will give. I'm not taking anything away from you, George. Obviously, but you've got a, a leap on you, haven't you? I remember in the Challenge Cup last year, you, you were up like Michael Jordan. Oh, pushing you, yeah. camera. You both give me good confidence. <laughs> 
No, uh, it's, it's fair. Something I, I tried to work on a lot of training. I know I get I get into the uh, halfbacks a bit, saying um, just give me more kicks, and that's all I keep saying to him. Just kick the ball up and don't worry about the rest. I'll just chase it down. But yeah, I, I, that's something I like to do is just attack every kick, and if it can come in a result where they knock on, then yeah, it's been, even if it's beneficial. We just get our forwards repeat set. They do a lot of work in our team, so you know anything to help the forwards out. I love just love competing at everything. Right, we've been nice enough to you for about a minute and a half here, so let's give it. Let's give you some grief. What, what's your, uh, yeah. what's your most embarrassing moment on the field? And uh, you must, George. I don't know if you've even got any from from back in the day that you can think where George showed himself up. For George, I don't know if it's embarrassing, but like, it gets it gets away with it every time. But we you know, it, I don't know if you've seen it when he does them kicks. He kicks it off as like oh. Chris Sandow's oh. first game for Warrington, about to um, about to kick the ball off the tee. And George will just be in forward position and he'll just run. I don't know if you've seen him do it, and he'll kick the ball himself and then he'll just pick it up at 10 metres. But every time he's done it, it's come off. So I don't know if you can call it embarrassing, but it's just bizarre. And I think teams see it and think it's something we train for. But that's what George is just like. He'll he'll just run and kick the ball and do whatever he wants. I well, seem I, to I actually remember this happening, yeah. Yeah, well, I've done, I've done it for about three years. It's too risky now. I think teams, teams quite quickly crop on. But what used to happen is... Obviously, when opposition used to kick for a goal, um, that player used to retreat back to the 10-metre line when, really, they used to come all the way back to the try line, you know, to give it the forward for the next for kickoff. Um, but what were happening was his half-backs were coming back to the 10-metre line but going really wide. So there were a massive gap there, what really wide, between the two players on the 10-metre line for kickoff. So an easy space just to grubber it quickly and pick the ball up and then wear in possession. Um, so it's yeah, a, it's so, a halfback's nightmare, George. <laughs> so yeah, I remember doing it once. I remember doing it. Uh, my best one were obviously against Castleford. Um, I remember doing it there, um, but we were eighteen 0 down at the time, or we were, or some some around that. Anyway, and I ended up doing it from being eighteen 0 down, and we ended up getting back into the game. So fr- from that, so it worked. Okay, so you were the match winner. And <laughs> George King, the match winner. I don't think that's been said very often, has it? Yeah, all started from George's kickoff. <laughs> when the lockdown's over and we're back, George King will do a short ten for us. On a slightly um, other note, I'll start with you, George. Who's the the worst player you've, you've come up and I don't mean worst in ability? I mean, just the worst to have to play against, whether it be, I know a lot of people in the championship say Scott Morell because he just doesn't show up, but then, yeah. you know, it might just be because they've just hammered you. Who, who do you least like coming up against on a rugby field? Well, I don't know if he's up there, but I've once played against Scott Morell and he never stopped giving me stick. <laughs> yeah, I think it was last game of the season and I think there were 50, 60 points in front and he was still at it. It's like, come on, Saturday, give it a rest. You're 60 points in front here. you bad Monday starts in an hour. You still wanted to. <laughs> so, but no, I remember that um, quite vividly. Um, you get some uh, big boppers. You get some big fellas, you know, are obviously a nightmare to get down. Um, I remember that Frank Paul and Uasala from Wigan. He, he, were, a, he were a handful. Um, Sam Cassiano from Catalan. You know, you, but then again, saying that you always get the, the little fellas as well that are a nightmare to play against. Uh, Morgan Escaray at Wigan and players like I know he's not big in stature, but gee, he does make up for it. John Bateman, 
Um, you know, he's a real, real tough player and he's really, hard, mm-hmm. you know, a real handful. You know, players like that are just such a, such hard work to get down for, certainly. I'm just glad about I'm on the left Toby? side now because on the right side, you have to play against Conrad Arul. And if, he, if, he's, in, <laughs> yeah. he's, oh, gee, yeah. if he's having a good game, right. he'll, he'll just trample you. So I'm, I'm just getting to my um, my app back inside me. Please help me with Conrad Arul. He's a free man job in. There's some. Pr- take him down on your own. There's a there's a, there's a, a lot of decent centres at the minute though. You you must have. Uh, I mean, I know you'll give people an hard time, but there must be people who give you an hard time as well. Yeah, definitely. Like you said there's there's, there's a lot of centres seem to be at the minute. Like uh, your Josh Griffins, yeah, Ollie Gildart. There's 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 a lot of um, centres coming up, and I think even Greg Inglis to add to that part is going to be going to be massive next year. George, I've got to ask you. It's been bugging me all show. What is that thing in your hand? Oh, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being uh, just twiddling it while the show's been going on. Are you, are you nervous to be on this show? I know Toby's giving you a bit of a hard time. I thought, <laughs> I thought, you, I thought you were in my choice. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Andy dropped it. You're just getting the crap. Uh, yeah, I dropped it. Yeah, and, and again. And again. <laughs> Yeah, pass it if oh, you want. It'd be good if we could make that happen, but I'm, uh, I won't yeah. get it. Put it in that lovely kitchen. Oh, it's a nice kitchen there. Oh, oh, oh don't. Are you talking to me? You, George. No, I can't see. Oh. Right, right. Where's the TV? I was just going to say, you've definitely been teed up to ask that question. 100%. <laughs> it's become a running joke. Uh, he's become a running joke. There's no team. I was just on your Twitter earlier and I saw um, someone say it, so I thought, oh, yeah, I'm just going to tee it up and say it's a bit of nice kitchen there. And then a TV bracket on wall. <laughs> Didn't have you down as a social media stalker, Toby, but, you know, <laughs> I, just, like, I just thought, <laughs> I just thought, I just thought, I just have a little creep on your stories. There won't be much exciting on that, just a load of rubbish about rugby league. That's no, probably no. all I'm, I'm, That's what I'm told, anyway. A few entertaining reads on there. I, you know, I try to listen. I think that's the nicest compliment I've ever got. What is it? This has been far uh, too nice. We've just all been nice. You give me the compliment about catching all balls in midair, and then I thought, oh, you know, your, um, mm-hmm. your articles are, are very interesting. Well, thank you. Last week, or last show, we had Ryan Brayley and John Duffy on, and I genuinely would not be surprised if Ryan, Bi- uh, Ryan Brayley did us all for bullying. He was absolutely... <laughs> was the poor lad. He's been the complete opposite this. We've, yeah, we've got seven minutes all... to get the end. There's like a little chat in our Warrington team and with uh, me, Jake Mamo, uh, Joe Philbin, Tom Wine and Matty Davis and we're just all about positivity and we just absolutely big each other off. It's like a little positive group with all the toxicness that's going on. We just we just give each other positive. We're not allowed to do negative comments. Changing right, the way so what, what sort of comments? Oh. What, what sort of comments? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so just like if Joe Philbin gets an haircut of like, even if it's the worst haircut he's ever had, we'd be like, oh, Joe, outstanding haircut that mate. You look absolutely million dollars. You look class. Just all spreading the love. It's just <laughs> nice to be positive. So basically, you're all like... And neg- nice to be positive. We're <laughs> 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 just spreading the love. I, I've got to admit, I didn't have rugby league group chats being like that. I thought they'd, yeah. I thought they'd be all sorts yeah. being said, we're but we're not that. So, we're just so different. Well, one is, like, we're all, we talk about going on walks. We're going to go on walks together when this is all done. And, um, you know, we're just all about spreading the love. Well, technically, that group could go now. You can have you can yeah, have six. I think it's six, six in it now that can meet up and go out together. 
Yeah. You don't get this in the wake of group chats, do you, George? All toxic and negativity. What's your group chat like? <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> all negative, yeah, all just taking the care of each other. In the middle, no, not at all. Yeah, you get all you get all that, but I get you not get all for being bald. We, have, it, a good, we have a good laugh. You, you've got some character that wakey. Oh, definitely, definitely. Come on, and give definitely. us some examples yeah, of what's the group chats. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a big believer in what happens in the group chat stays in the group chat, Matthew. <laughs> oh, won't tell me which club he's playing for next year. I won't tell me what's said in his. What's the point of having you on? You've got some. You have got some characters in that group, though, haven't you? I mean, David Fafita. We all know about him. Um, yeah, Adam Tangata, yeah. who I know well, he's he's a character. He did a quiz for you the other week. I think it was, I saw somewhere. Yeah, yeah, big ads. Yeah, we've got some, uh, we've got some uh, certainly funny characters. Um, <clears throat> some uh, some characters that you know love you from laughing from first minute that you step into training to last. So so no, it's a good group of lads to be around, and you know I can't wait to be back with them. What what's the most ridiculous memory you've got from your time at Wakefield? Like just someone being, because uh, you've got a few pranksters there as well. I know Ryan Hampshire don't mind a prank. Yeah, yeah, there's there's quite a few and. Put me on the spot there. I can't really seem to think of a uh, think of any, but it's just just like just first thing when you go in in the morning, it's six a.m. and um, you know you, you're obviously tired. You're still waking up from your sleep, um, you know, and you you've got players there already doing pranks on you, you know, hiding stuff from you, you know, just just the little pay stuff that you that you take for granted in in a workplace. Um, you know, so it's a really good group of lads to be around, but not no nothing that I can think of on top of my head. I mean, boring here, I mean, proper boring. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said it. <laughs> yeah, put me to sleep. We for nothing. <laughs> but no, talking to me about you. You get you get players like Big Dave coming in. He's, he's proper loud and um, you know, sounds alright. It's hot. <laughs> it's just, I just can't think of all. It's just, it's just there'll be lots, there'll be lots to tell, but I just I can't think of anything. Yeah. Come on, then, Toby. If you, 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 you clearly must have some great stories to tell from the, uh, from the grief you're giving out. What have you got for us? Oh, well, uh, he's put me on spot now. Nah, we, we, we just, we've got the typical joke as you like, you know, like girls. He'll, he'll always put a video in a summit and I think he had one in the other day of him fishing over in New Zealand, and he was thinking. You know, a couple of months back, he was there getting bullied by Eddie Gardner in conditioning to, into doing stuff. Uh, he had his rowing all pre-season. And then um, he was out there rowing, catching fish and doing all that sort of stuff. So he was just appreciating <laughs> life. We've all put us sort of what we're all up to at the minute and that. So, yeah, it's, it's good just to keep in touch with everyone. I imagine Tom Lynham's uh, fairly active as well because he, yeah, he, he did Tom, that he's in, this, uh, interview. Yeah. That, that interview he did was one of the yeah, with his mannequin in, in background. Mm-hmm. It's, I used to um, live with Tom Lyndon when I was over there, and it was the worst. To uh, it was the best for the, like, the first month, and then after that, I reckon it was the worst two months of my life. He is just <laughs> absolutely crazy OCD. Like it, yeah, I, I was in the room with uh, his man, Cynthia, the mannequin, and like if I didn't put a fork away correctly, or if, if there was a bit of crumbs on the surface, it'd be absolutely screaming. I have to, have to come down, wake up tidy it up 
he was just absolutely mental. So it, it was it was a, it, as much as I love him, it's uh, it's tough to live. I feel sorry for his girlfriend. So it's like I, I didn't I, I didn't actually know you lived with him. So he was he was mega real CD, was he? Yeah, it's just ugh, ridiculous. Next level, and he's he's always seems to, he's always busy as well. He's always on phone speaking to someone, whether it's like an ex mate or doing something. It's just you know you know, he always you always know he's there. So you never get a out of rest with him. Never get arrested. Uh, if I was asleep on sofa or something, it'd just be it'd, it'd come at me for something, something that wasn't tidy, or if I didn't fold up my bed sheets correctly, or do anything like that. If I didn't do the washing, it was like living at home or mum when I was twelve. I thought I was going <laughs> to live with Tom White. It'd be an absolute class life. We'll have a laugh together. You know, we can have the odd night out. We'd be doing all this, and it was just like military camp. <laughs> I used to, you know, what I used to do it was that bad. It was. Um, it re- He'd have his dinner. I'd go and literally have my dinner in Subway and just sit there for about two hours eating a six-inch sandwich because <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> we used to, we, we, uh, we'd go to trade and then we'd have like a courtroom, like uh, one one of our like functions as they do, and he'd put on like a massive show of like how wrong I've been and putting all this together, but uh, t- telling the whole team everything I've done wrong. So I'd come to training and there'd be something else that I didn't even know I'd done and it'd just be the talk of topic every time at training. Me and Tom living <laughs> together. Couldn't wait to get out. I was paid £400 a month as well, could you believe it? But one oh, St. Helens. Oh. Anyone that knows St. Helens, Pa, you know Pa, the area, you pay £400 for a month, I, do you reckon he's having me off, innit? Well, I'm, I'd probably be at retiring on that at the end, because he must be on yeah. decent money at Warrington as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, gents, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap it up there. We've run out of time. We've uh, we've actually been recording for about two and a half hours. We've had to have three breaks so that George could <laughs> charge his battery up. But we are, we are finally done. A big thanks to you two, gents. You've been great sports. Thank you all for uh, listening as well. We'll be back with another episode real soon. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Goodbye.